Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the podcast. I'm taking a little time off for a while just to take a break, but in the meantime, enjoy this retro episode of The Way Things Used to Be. Hello and welcome to The Way Things Used to Be. I'm your host, Don Williams. As many of you may know, I worked third shift at a convenience store many years ago. It was quite challenging at times, and I have many stories to tell. When I come back, I'll tell you about the pizza shop next door. I'll be right back. My store shared the same building with a famous nationally known pizza chain, which I'm not going to name. But if you've ever stacked little pieces of plastic and knocked them over, you'll know who I'm talking about. I had a pretty good relationship with the folks that worked there. They would come in and buy drinks and snacks, and we'd share war stories about our jobs. They all drove like maniacs, darting in and out of the parking lot in cars that, well, frankly, had seen better days. One of the guys, his name was Gene, he became a pretty good friend. We often hung out together on our days off and went to movies or lunch, and even one time we went to an amusement park called Cedar Point that's down in Sandusky, Ohio. Gene and I also had some pretty deep conversations about our wages. At the time, I was making minimum wage, which was three thirty-five an hour back in 1986. Gene made a bit more because he had tips from customers. One night, Gene stopped in just after his shift ended and asked me if I wanted a pizza. It was a mistake, and they couldn't sell it. They had brought me pizzas before, and I had always welcomed the opportunity to eat something other than chili cheese nachos. Sure, I said. So Gene went to the shop and came back with a pizza box. My stomach was roaring with delight at the thought of a fresh pizza. For some reason, I thought this was too good to be true. When I opened the box, what stared back at me was not a delicious pepperoni pizza. It was a flat, black-as-coal slab of char that reeked of burnt oven. Gene laughed so hard he nearly peed his pants. Once they heard Gene laughing, I could hear the guys in the pizza shop on the other side of the wall start laughing too. But to my relief, a few moments later, somebody brought over a real pizza. I opened the box with a bit of caution, thinking that they were going to dupe me again. But it was the real thing, and we had a great laugh over it. So now I'm going to tell you a little bit about Gene. He had a very sporty Chevy Cavalier convertible. It had a very expensive stereo system that could shatter glass, or at least my eardrums. One time we were at the mall driving through a crowded parking lot with the top down, and he decided to crank the theme song from the monkeys. People watched us as we drove slowly through the lot with that ridiculous song blasting through the speakers. I slumped down in my seat so nobody could see my face. His response was, What's the matter with you? This is a great song. He then cranked it up a few notches higher. I stayed slumped down in my seat until we had pulled away from the general population. Gene got the Chevy Cavalier convertible after he cracked up in an accident with his Oldsmobile Cutlass. He later admitted that he was adjusting the controls on his high-end stereo system, and that's what caused the accident. I really hoped that he had learned his lesson. Looking back at that incident, it wasn't nearly as bad as texting and driving can be today. Oh yeah, and one more thing about Gene. One time we were talking about our careers, and he said to me, Don, you're never going to get out of this place. He was referring to my job at the convenience store. You'll be working here for the rest of your life. Well, I suppose I would have if I'd have been offed by someone with a gun. But eventually I did leave. 
Now, Jean, on the other hand, was still working in the pizza business years after I'd left the convenience store. I saw him serving up slices at the same shopping mall where he blasted the monkey's music in the parking lot. I wonder if he's still there today. Hmm. Nah, he's always struck me as someone who would eventually work his way up the corporate food chain. So I want to tell you about a recent yard sale find that I came across. As some of you may know, I'm a big fan of records, tapes, uh, any kind of recording format. Well, I was with my wife last weekend, and we stopped at the one and only yard sale I've been to all year. And for a guy like me, I found the find of all finds. I found a reel-to-reel tape recorder. And not just any reel-to-reel tape recorder. This thing weighs 45 pounds. It's almost like a suitcase with a big handle on it. Uh, the top comes off. It's a beautiful machine uh, in pristine condition. You can check out a picture of it on the Facebook group page, The Way Things Used to Be. It also came with a couple of speakers that are just as big as the case that the tape machine came in. So all in all, I've probably got about 65 pounds worth of machine here. Now, the good thing about this was, you know, I thought, okay, hey, it's a nice reel-to-reel tape machine. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this because I have a big box of reel-to-reel tapes from my days back in high school when I took television and radio production. We recorded everything on open reel tapes. So this would be a good way for me to play them again and get them digitized. Well, much to my surprise, when I was paying for the machine, which was a whopping $10, uh, the guy said, oh, wait, there's more that goes with that. And I'm thinking to myself, what more could there possibly be with this machine? And he took me into the back of his garage and showed me a whole stack of open reel tapes. I'm like, oh, okay, some of these date back to looks like the 50s. So there could be some interesting recordings on them. And for the most part, there's just music um, from records that's recorded on them. Uh, they have detailed liner notes inside, uh, handwritten from whoever recorded them. But one of the biggest time capsule treasure pieces to this whole thing are some personal audio recordings between a husband and wife. The wife lived in Lansing, Michigan, and the husband was stationed over in Korea in 1959. So this is after the Korean War had ended, but we still were uh, presence in Korea as far as military. These are some personal messages between the husband and the wife. And I'm in a future podcast, I'm going to share some of these tapes, not a whole lot of it, because the, the messages are personal between the two of them, and I don't feel like they should be shared with the general public. But I do want to share a few snippets of a few things between the two of them, uh, just so you kind of get a feel and an idea of what life was like back then when uh, the wife stayed home while the husband was stationed overseas, and kind of give you a feel for the times. Uh, we're talking 1959. Uh, and there is some talk about Lansing, Michigan, and there's also talk about uh, some landmarks that are still in the Lansing area today. So I think it would be kind of a neat little uh, time capsule to play a few snippets from. In all, I have about three and a half hours of recordings between this husband and wife. Each one of them had a tape machine, and they would go and buy uh, reel-to-reel tapes to send back and forth to each other along with letters. They often talk about the letters that they sent to each other, and they often reply to each other's tapes back and forth. So be looking for this in an upcoming podcast. And uh, while I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to put that podcast together, I am going to play a little snippet for you, just so you kind of get an idea of what, uh, what these tapes were all about. Take a listen. Hi, sweetheart. I'm sorry his second side here is so boring and so dull and so messed up. I've talked, couldn't think of anything just to say. The first sign I had no sweat, I had notes on it, and I just breezed right through that pretty good. 
but the second one, I don't know, I told you. Well, everything I was to say on the other side. Oh, I've been thinking about growing a mustache. I think I'll grow one tonight. Get home, and my first day home, I'll cut it off. See, three months, I should have a pretty good mustache. In three months, can you imagine an old man with a mustache? Uh, in answer to your questions on your tape, as regards to your pictures, they're wonderful. I love the big, I like the biggest one the best. It really, I don't know, just brings something out, I don't know. It looks so real, I want to crawl right in, like you said about that one I sent home the other day. But I really do, honey. I love the picture, and I'm going to, like I said in one of my letters, I'm going to get it pinned on silk, I think, when I'm a the man. <coughs> and also, uh, I've been thinking about if I get a chance to get up to Sewell, they got a guy up there that burns the picture right into a wood. It's not color or anything, it just draws an outline of the picture itself. He's pretty good. They live pretty sharp anyway. They're, they're different if he does that way. And you were talking about, uh, because you had your picture taken, you were talking about me telling me I'd better get on the ball and go get myself or my picture taken. Well, I've been thinking pretty serious about it. They got a little Photoshop right over here outside the gate. It's Korean. I think I'll drop down there one of these days and get my picture taken and see what it costs me. Probably it cost me a couple of dollars and you'll have your picture. It won't be quite as artistic as yours is, more or less, because I won't have nothing to lean on and I'll be wearing my uniform, of course. It's the only way I can get out. But uh, I'll go down and see what the man says. And I'll leave my glasses on, too, just for you. <clears throat> I heard a song today that I thought was very appropriate. By Vera Lynn, it's almost in your arms. 80, or 97, 97 days or 100 days, and I should be there, right there in your arms. I was going to make this tape last night because the girls got some albums I wanna, wanted to record, so I brought it over here. They've gone up north, so I've taken care of their cat, babysit for a cat. Can you picture that? Oh, let's see. What was I going to tell you? Oh, about those purses. Why don't you go ahead and get them? I'll send you some money. You hadn't better, you know, hadn't better wait too long. They might not have any, but I think that's a real good idea. They'd probably like those real well. I didn't know, maybe, you know, some jewelry or something, but I think the purses are even a better idea. Oh, you said that you were going to get some new glasses. Well, this time, why don't you have your eyes checked to see if you need different lenses instead of just wearing those same ones all the time. You might need a, you know, different kind. So why don't you get them checked before you get new ones instead of what you done the last time. My goodness. Oh, I was so darn mad yesterday. I went out. Well, this woman next door, Rose, you know, the one her husband's in Korea, well, she's telling me about these seven-inch tapes, and she told me to go out to this place, and it was out in East Lansing, so, mm, excuse me. I called out there, and they weren't going to be open today, and they were only open till 5.30, so Gary and I went out in the afternoon, and that darn car stalled on me, and I couldn't get it started again. I felt like such a darn fool. I had to sit there for a few minutes. I guess I flooded it or something. Anyway, I finally got it going, but... I was so mad. So there is a lot of tape to sift through to try to piece together a little sampling of what has been recorded on these tapes. Again, they're personal messages between a husband and a wife, and I don't want to make those public. Um, I don't know who these people are. The person that I bought the tape machine from said that he bought the house from the husband uh, who made these tapes, apparently, and he told the guy that he could just have the machine and all the tapes, and he really kind of washed his hands of it, which seems kind of a shame because if he's got any family out there, I thought that that would be really cool to be able to digitize this for the family and get them to them. 
but um, that's kind of where it lays. Uh, I really have no idea where to even begin with this. So I'm just going to preserve these tapes, you know, digitally, uh, just kind of in memory of the two people that made these recordings. Thanks for joining me on this little walk down memory lane, and feel free to spread the word about this podcast. I look forward to sharing more stories with you. God bless, and I'll talk to you again soon. The Way Things Used to Be is copyright 2020 by Don Williams. Music for The Way Things Used to Be is copyright 2001 Seagate Production Library and is used under license. Other music used in this podcast is copyright 2020 by Anchor FM Incorporated. All rights reserved.